Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and this beer rocks. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison, and starting with a beer. This is... Guys, can I just say it? I'm, I'm so fucking excited that I found a new beer store by my work. That and I love, I love Evil Twin and Finback, but that's pretty much all I've been drinking for a long time now. This is, I think, a new brewery. I'm just, I'm just really happy to get to spend nine dollars on a can of beer again. Uh, this is <laughs> from Run and Hide Brewing Co. and it's called Nice Looking Chops. And uh, because in the story, there's there's three threads of story that come together. We'll get to that later. Uh, but one of them features. Nate, you've listened to the audiobook, I'm sure, so I'm going to say everyone's name wrong and you'll correct me. But is it Asun? Asun? Essen? Essen. Essen? Essen is a woman who... Oh, no. Sorry, not Essen. Sinite is who I'm thinking of. Sinite is um, basically a witch, <laughs> and <laughs> she is on a mission with this guy who's like a really powerful warlock, but they have different words because it's a fantasy novel, and we'll get to those words. But he's like the most powerful, so he has some serious chops. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's where this she beer does, comes yes. in. So this is nice looking chops and sick bass solos. <laughs> Probably, With, yeah. Bass solos are the exact right time to go to the bathroom uh, at any concert. Uh, so this is a chocolate covered pretzel stout. That's ten and a half percent alcohol. And then it says with over fifty pounds of uh, Oots pretzel rods in the mash. Fifty pounds of pretzel rod. Pretzels don't weigh very much. That's they a lot. must have bought out several bodegas of oots, like UTZ. I don't even uts oots oots oots. It's like that guy they found in the Alps, Ootsie, like the uh, the Iceman. Iceman, yeah. <laughs> that beer also must be very salty. It is incredibly salty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it tastes great. And then I all this, a drink, and then all of a sudden at the end, you just get hit. With this wave of salt. Anyway, this is fine. It's a little salty for me, but it's actually quite you know chocolatey and smooth. So this book starts off. I forget. I think it starts with Essen. It does. It does. Yeah. And she is. She has just found that her son is dead. You know, like oh, this, this is a bummer. And well, there's a there's a tiny brief prologue. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't make any sense to you at that point. So I don't even no. remember what it said. Uh, it was a man. Oh, yeah. Talking to someone else. You don't know who they are yet. And he's like, well, we're fucked. Time to do this. And then he causes an earthquake and splits the uh, city in half. So that's Alabaster, right? That's who did that? It it turns out. You find out at the very end that's who it must have been. Because I didn't... I actually forgot about that prologue. And I was like, I, we'll get back to this, I'm I sure. I also had... This is, this is my second time reading the book. I skimmed it because I had read it not that long ago. And... I had forgotten entirely about that. I was like, oh, this makes way more sense now. I actually, I thought it was um, Shaffa or something. And like then I forgot about that. And I, because that was my theory. I was like, maybe it's that guy. But anyway, so it start, uh, starts off with Essen, really. And she is a, I guess, middle aged woman. Um, do the math. Yeah. She's, being her she's in her 40s. 40s. She's in MILF territory. Uh, and she finds that her son is, her like toddler son is dead. And he's been killed by his father. And the father is running away with, the, with their other daughter, who was like a seven-year-old. And she's not naturally devastated. And you don't know why he killed this, the son, 
but you kind of quickly... But Essen does. Essen does, but she doesn't say it. And also all of the Essen chapters are in like second person sort of. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, they really are. Second and a half person, because it, it still like, describes the other characters in third it, it, person. It's still kind of like third person omniscient, but refers to the main character, refers to Essen as you the whole time. You do this, you do that. So Essen has to leave the town, and it's not revealed like any other um, modern fantasy book. You know, it's a new, it's a different world. It's totally different government and history and continents, and it's never even pretends to be Earth. It's just some other place, as far as I could tell. Well, they call it Earth. actually well, they not call it... quite true. That will be explained much further in book two and book well, three. Well, I didn't read those. Which... They put they put some hints in this. I only read this one. Very subtle. Hints. Very subtle. Well, like okay, if it is Earth, it's like millions of years ago or from now. Because all the fucking continents are one and one landmass, and since I don't think there was she was they're on fucking Gondwana land or whatever, uh, it must be Just in don't the know future. About Pangea? I know about Pangaea um, <laughs> or Lemuria. Like you don't know the names of the other stupid fake supercontinents that they want <laughs> oh, you to believe. No, these oh. are real. These are real names for like the various other supercontinents or oh. mega. Con- I don't know, like the the the, the less soup the supra continents. I don't know what the other ones were called. The super good continents. Su- yeah, superb continents. The super incontinence. <laughs> They're just oh, covered no, in urine. <laughs> Everyone just shit their pants there all the time. They didn't. That was a terrible time. It was a really <laughs> shitty time. <laughs> so I guess it's the future. Is that what I'm supposed to figure out later? We don't know it, yet. It, it, we we don't know. It's hinted a little tiny bit. Well, if there's no fucking dinosaurs on it. this super continent, then it must no. be the future. Because it's almost like the Earth is like fucked up, and there's been all these cataclysms and eons, you know, millennia mm-hmm. of devastation, and people just barely clinging to life through the 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 season of acid and the season of diarrhea and the season of teeth <laughs> and the season, <laughs> season of, of like that season, season of teeth. Yeah, that was, a weird mm-hmm. one. that was one of the season of like very hairy toes. Like there are all sorts <laughs> of like, very unpleasant times to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess it's the future, but whatever. Um, but like nothing's explained to you right away about how the world works. But you know that she Essen has a secret, and she has to leave this town because that's the same. Whatever her secret is, it's the reason why her kid was killed by the father. Like he figured it out and murdered the son because they has the same thing, which is you know she they're 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 witches. You you <laughs> find magic. out that this type of magic is called. Orogeny, and it's, it's a magic. It, it's a whole. Uh, it's a whole magic system based on geology and rocks and moving rocks. Would you say that if they met an orthomancer, as they're called, they'd be like, "Hey, man, rock on"? <laughs> Definitely would. Uh, this is rock on from Fifth Hammer, and it's a dry hopped lager, five and a half percent. Oh. We'll see if this is... And my beer applies to the very last line of the book, but I'm not going to wait that long, so I'm just going to open it now. Yeah, don't wait. I don't want to wait for this book to be over. I want to drink right now. What will it be? I mean, you also wonder where have all the cowboys gone. (laughs) There's none in this book. They're dead. (laughs) Paula Cole songs. (laughs) Dawson's Creek themes. Um... (laughs) 
this is honestly, it's fine. It's it doesn't taste like a lager, which just tastes like you know beer flavored beer. It tastes it's it is it is way bitterer, which is odd. I don't know. It's interesting. Hmm. It's better than lagers because lagers are you know frankly usually pretty boring, if only because there's just not that much variety you can instill in them for whatever reason that I don't really understand because of chemistry. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's fine. It's five and a half percent. So it's basically water. So Essen is trying to uh, find, it was also her mission, I guess. So she's just trying to find her, her husband who's taken her daughter. Cause she really wants to find her daughter and probably beat the shit out of the husband or kill him. Um, but kill him she's the Taurus. one with this, she's the one with this magic power, which is um, of course, her kind are thought of as sort of like subhuman and so not well liked. That's why she had to keep it secret that whole time. So she, everyone in the town eventually tries to figure it out and eventually figures out that it's her. And so then she has to leave and they actually like try and attack her for basically for being a witch. And she had, in order to escape, she actually kills a whole bunch of them. She was also uh, definitely grieving at the time. So that probably had something to do with it. Before that, she also uh, saved the town that she was from because yes. it does take place. You don't really, I, I figured out a lot more reading the second time because this book does not hold your hand through understanding the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prologue where the guy splits the continent in half with his earthquake, the aftershocks of that are spreading throughout the rest of the continent. And since she is a earth magician, she can redirect Earth it. Witch. Earth Witch, yeah. She can uh, redirect it and kind of saves her town from being leveled by this... Soil Ceres. No? So, what? A Soil Ceres. Uh, oh. Uh, no? <laughs> okay, all right. I'll allow I'll it. I'll allow it. All right. <laughs> so she deflects it, which is, we're going to find out, like the main dirt job wizard. of the Dirt Wizard. <laughs> the Wicked uh, Witch of the South by Southeast. War rocks. <laughs> so after Nate, stop she, looking at your thesaurus. <laughs> after she leaves the town, uh, kills a bunch of people in order to escape the town, and she's basically, you know, just kind of traveling on her own. And she's trying to get. She's, I forget which direction she's going. She's going the direction she thinks her daughter might have. Her husband might have she's taken like her following daughter. Following the the fucking Yellowbrick Road equivalent. <laughs> like she's, she there's, meets, there's there's a lot of uh, people basically like refugees leaving places that have been destroyed and everybody's kind of going one direction. She's kind of headed in that general direction. Because this is a thing that happens in this world where it's occasionally a really, really bad thing just happens to the entire planet or all the continents and it's called a season and the and uh, usually the towns and cities have put away food in order to like get through it because they know they won't be able to grow things. But this is an especially bad season, a a type called a fifth season. But there are also other seasons like the season of acid and the season of teeth and the the season of having a really bad itch. You can't reach. And I thought, (laughs) I thought that the season of the acid and season of teeth were also fifth seasons because there's the regular four seasons. Maybe you're right. The fifth seasons are like these extended periods of shit shows. And it can go, it can be hundreds or a thousand years between them, I guess. And and all the witch doctor rock people all believe that this is going to be 
the longest one ever because things are, it's only been like a day and things are fucked. The season of the hanging ale. Like, it's just. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that was only like a week. <laughs> it sucked. The worst was the, the season of paper cuts. When I was just <laughs> constant. That was really brutal. <laughs> the season of having a booger that like whistles when you breathe through your nose. <laughs> Or or then there was another season, the season when someone near you has a booger that's whistling when they breathe, <laughs> but you can't figure out who it is. <laughs> just, who is that? Who the fuck is doing that? <laughs> you just offer people tissues for like a hundred years. <laughs> you got to lay away food to get through <laughs> yeah, it. I, guess I can't, can't work. I can't work like this. This is driving me fucking mad. <laughs> So Essen, she leaves leaves <laughs> town. And she starts traveling one direction, but of course, just like with the other homeless refugee people, and a strange child starts following her named Hoa, who doesn't seem to eat, and, and it's also his like mom. <laughs> <laughs> she's a fucking Hoa. Hoa. <laughs> she's from Boston. <laughs> Within like five minutes. Okay, great. Uh, Anyway, and he has completely white skin and hair, though apparently he's not not an albino. She suspects him of being a stone eater because he only eats rocks, I guess. Well, she doesn't know that till way later. She's she's just like, he's a weird kid. And she's also like, I don't really fucking care. She's trying to lose him for a while. And then he, but he likes her, she, so he's following. Her. But she finds out he's useful to her because he's able. He tells her, like he's like you know, like the, this is like one of those tropes in film of like the child who speaks in cryptic messages and has like a deeper understanding of things. And he's, we're going this way to find her. And she's like, I didn't fucking tell you anything. And he's like, we're going to find your daughter, and she's that direction. She's like, all right, I guess I'll hang out with you a little bit longer. And then they stay band together, and she also meets. Tonky, who uh, Essen thinks is a total homeless person, like has been homeless for a long time because they just they smell so bad that calmless. Your your sort of hometown or your group is called your calm in this system in this book. Anyway, and they're kind of just hanging out together, and they just sort of start traveling up north, and that's like one section. So that's like one p- point of view, one third of the book. Yeah, but you don't get that in a row. You kind of cut back and forth between that and the other two. And then they cut at, you know, good moments of tension, you know, like (laughs) cliffhangers or whatever. And then you find out about Damaya, who is a young girl who is uh, sort of being, is like chained up in the barn on her parents' farm because she showed at school like the week before that, oh, she actually has orogeny. She has this rock magic power. Because she accidentally used it to, like, hit some kid who was bullying her. I forget exactly what. But anyway, and then the scene is her just sort of in the in the barn as the guardian named Shafa comes to basically find her. Because he's going to take her away to the, uh, to the Hogwarts oh, of, yeah. uh, of this world called the Fulcrum. But also... She can't live with the muggles. I mean, the stills. <laughs> That's what happens. Indeed. But this guy, he has his own... He can't do this magic, but he has this other sort of magical power to resist their magic, I guess. He can make it so that she can't do the magic. Yeah. It's like a nullifier. 
and he has some sort of some sort of magical control over her or at least like can can stop her power so he can he can destroy her if he wants to because in this world the rock doctors are uh <laughs> basically people don't like them don't they trust either, them no because they're because they're witches and they can do magic and they can destroy entire cities if they wanted to so a lot of the time when they're young they can't control their stuff so they have someone come and train them and if they can't be trained they just kill them because if you if you let them run wild then bad things are going to happen, they say. So they get these magic guardians whose job is just to be like, police the magic people. And they're kind of like partnered up in this you know, very good cop, bad cop situation. <laughs> but they also constantly reference, and this, is, this part felt very much like Dune, uh, the, the stone lore, uh, which I, I'm sure gets explored more in the later books, the collected writings from the past, that every chapter ends with an excerpt from one, which is exactly how every chapter of Dune began, with like an excerpt from the Book of Maudib's Nuts. And <laughs> <laughs> but all the stone lore talks about the the Arad, the, the the Ragos or whatever the fuck was the, the mean word for them. Raga is the slur yeah. for Orthomancer. It's that, the R word. The R word, yeah. Yeah. So it always paints them as bad, like all like the fables, like in Demaya gets some fables from Shafakan about how the Mean. Did you say Shaka Khan? I said Shaka Khan. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so the, you know, the, the the first wizard guy was a dick, and he was bullying everybody to give him what he wanted and threatening to kill the emperor, and then the first guardian came and killed him to protect everyone else from... So, like, everybody's, like, been inculcated with these at their creches, which is the word they use for school, because they're from... France or something. I don't know what, a, what a, I mean, a creche is a school of sorts, but not in America. <laughs> and so that's why they're all distrustful of them. And he's taking Demaya to the Fulcrum, which is Wizard Hogwarts here. Uh, Rockwarts, if you will. And it's part, ho- part Hogwarts and part like Juvie. It's also part Handmaid's Tale. We'll find out later. Yeah. Uh, with the third plot line. Definitely. Uh, and so Demaya is uh, basically she's better. She's smarter and better at the magic than everybody else, than all the other kids who are called grits. Which that makes, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Grits. Yeah, grits. Like little um, bits of rocks. Exactly. <laughs> and but so the other kids start bullying her and it's well, horrible. We also skipped on the way there. Her guardian breaks her hand to teach her. You have to. Stay in control all the time, no matter what, because and that if you his, don't, we'll kill you. It, yeah, and it's his job to protect the world from her if she cannot control herself. And he said it's it's like a really intense scene where that happens because he says like I'm going to break your hand now, and he's not <laughs> yelling. It's like it's very like sociopath kind of thing. And yeah. she's like, but no, I didn't. I'm not going to do anything. He's like, I'm going to break. Shut. I'm breaking your hand now. And then when I do it, you're going to say thank you. <laughs> like it's, it's like she was pledging for something. She could join a sorority. And then he breaks her fucking hand. And then he's like, now, who's your daddy? What does, what he, does do? he do? <laughs> but then he sets it. He's like, good, now be good. Sit on the back of my horse for another 600 miles of trotting. And then we'll go to school. But then they start bullying her. 
like they, it's it's like Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> like everybody's just fucking on her. Just soap in a sock, except it's exactly. like like they they hide her stuff. But because so then because she suddenly gets out of the shower and doesn't have shoes, they beat her for not having shoes. You lost your shoes somewhere, but obviously the other kids just stole it. Stuff like that. And after a while, she like uncovers. She's being bullied for a while, and she co- uncovers some like thing where the other kids are. Uh, she where she like guesses one other kid that's also being bullied. Who's like, being, hey, being you... bullied worse than her? Yeah, and the other her kid name is like was crack. Yeah, <laughs> the worst rock. <laughs> <laughs> they're or the all, best, depending on what you're into. But they're all named after rocks. Like I didn't realize that till embarrassingly late in the book that <laughs> I got I was like, oh fuck, that's a rock too. But I was like, wait, crack? <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even a rock, it's like the absence of rock. But crack rocks. Like that's what I was oh, thinking yeah, of. Certainly. Yeah, that <laughs> but that also plays into the third character, which is also happening. Yeah, which is cyanite, but I don't. I know that's a rock, but I only guess it because everyone else's was. I've never heard of half these rocks. I googled all the rock. I like looked them up, and they're all like in the dictionary. And it's like I don't fucking know what like a ferrous bezel this fucking geode means. Like I don't know any of those words. Like I didn't take earth science. You didn't go to the gem room at the Natural History Museum and be like, look at all these shiny rocks. And not read any of the labels. And just and memorize all of them. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. Cyanite, any class of intrusive igneous rock, uh, essentially composed of an alkali feldspar and a feldspar was another character. Magnesium, magnesium mineral. Milk of magnesium minerals. Got that's all I got out of that. But feldspar was a was the person who sends. She's only in one scene, but she sends cyanite on this mission. But honestly, when I saw Feldspar, I was like, is that a Jewish name? Like, I didn't even know that was a rock. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's a Jewish rock. Uh, I did not know that the like, cyanite, that sounds like from the from the future, which is what all science fi- fiction fantasy names sound like. They sound kind of weird. Yeah, this this is billed as a sci-fi book. It's, but it is uh, kind of closer to fantasy in terms of, like, the tropes and I'd put it firmly in the involved. fantasy world. You know, it, there's, not, there's, there's not much science. Like, there's... There's it's magic. The science of magic. The only science is the people who do like geometry. <laughs> yeah, like like Tonky. Tonky, yes. Uh, She's a geomest, which people look down on even though they're like actual scientists because this is a world where magic is cool. But it's not that, that cool. Magic's always cool. So cyanide is being sent on a mission to go with this much, much higher ranked guy who I got my beer from earlier, Alabaster. Who, the highest rank. He's a 10 ringer. Because they get that's, a they get a different ring around his dick. They 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 should have. They, at one point they said there can't be more than ten rings. I was, I was like, there could be eleven. Uh, <laughs> if you rock hard, you can have that eleventh <laughs> ring. <laughs> but they get a they get a different ring for each finger, and cyanite's a four ring, whatever. And he's a he's a ten ringer, and she has to go with him to, on this. He had completed more owls than she had. Yeah, he passed all of his, his GSCEs or whatever those his things nudes. are called. <laughs> but she also, she actually in her very first scene, the first uh, cyanide's very first scene, is she's told, "You have to go. You've never met this guy. You have to go fuck him. You need to go have a baby with him. So you need to go. You're going to go on this like trip with him also. But you you've got to fuck him. 
and he is not interested. You find out later it's because he's gay, but at first that's he's just kind of like, uh, uh, again. again. <laughs> he's he's done this a dozen times already because they want to like basically breed these wizards like the strongest ones so they can have because once they train them they're very useful because and they profitable. Can control all stone and various forms of energy at will, which is, you know, a useful thing to have. But it's profitable. Like their mission as well as to go to fuck town is to go to this other town and to clear all the coral out of their harbor. Yeah. So boats can come in. Like whatever. I mean it's fine. Um and Alabaster is basically like the Gandalf of this book. Sorry, of the it's Dumbledore, sorry. He's the best wizard or ever. Gandalf. <laughs> so it's through the Sinai chapters that you actually learn more of like what orogeny is and how it works because he's like teaching her about it and a lot more about the world and about how the origins, 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 origins of the origins, their job is sort of to like, because they have this power over rocks and over land, they can stop earthquakes just sort of like with their mind this kind of like what they can do, and that's that's kind of their job to go around and, and just be around and do that kind of thing. Also, to not go crazy and start super volcanoes, but just to stop uh, earthquakes. They they can also though they not just rocks they can control heat, so they can like suck all the heat out of someone's body and they freeze. And they read they take that they they don't create things they redirect it. So they'll take the heat from the earth and use that energy to do quake stuff, or they'll take the heat out of people's bodies to do stuff. So they kill a lot of people that way. Only when they're very, very mad. Yes. You get that giant earth blowjob and just suck all the heat out of it. <laughs> a father earth. I think it's daddy earth at that point. Big big daddy earth. So there is, But also Alabaster is showing her or telling her He's kind of like constantly like, aren't you, are you stupid? Do you really think that's why they're doing this? Do you really think that's the purpose? Like he's, he's super jaded because he's a rock guy. Jaded Um, is a good guy. (laughs) But he's, you know, too, about the system he's been around. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's been around and he, he's, you know, at the top level. So he knows how everything works and he's like, it's all fucking bullshit and they're abusing us. And we should not, you know, if, if if not us being in power, we certainly shouldn't be sort of slaves to this, to the fucking, the, the simpletons out there. We could fucking move things with our minds and they, you know, the guardians control us. You know? So he, and also he reveals the much darker side of like the nodes, the node network where they have kind of this. Stations, station, yeah, like he's like power stations, stationed uh, or orthomancers who redirect and stop earthquakes in various like 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 a network, like a Wi-Fi network. They want the most coverage, so they have little stations around. Like like cell towers, yeah. It's uh, it's a mesh network. hmm. But then they find out they go to check on one of them at one point, and she finds out he's like you ever been to one of those and he's like no why i don't ever have and he's like oh you they're should boring and then he takes her to one and you see that it's like um you know one of their wizard friends who's been like lobotomized essentially uh or just and, like and chained chained to a chair and can only essentially do this one thing 
Yeah, and just basic bodily functions, but also the people there rent them out to get fucked by rich guys. And then he reveals his much darker secret. But then he also finds like that the the mineral <laughs> that was in charge of that node had like killed himself basically to kill everyone else and fuck everything up. And she, and that he was probably also Alabaster's son from yeah. one of his other women that had to fuck him. Because the ones that can't be trained but have power can be used in this function too. Because it's still profitable to the whole fulcrum. Because they're charging the communities that they protect and that they you know that they clear out their fucking coral or whatever. Charge them huge sums of money. Like at one point when they later when they get finally get to the town, they're like, if we have to do this. A hundred years from now, you're saying we have to do it. We won't even have paid this off in a hundred years. Like, that's how exorbitant their fees are. Like a mortgage, but worse. <laughs> so, Cyanite and Alabaster eventually get to the, the seaside town, like 700 miles later. And they're, they're traveling by horse uh, all this way. Um, so, they finally... Uh, 700 miles? 1,000 miles? Anyway, they finally get yeah, there. It's very far. And, but, well, when they get there, the... the um, Administrators are total assholes. Uh, but And then when they're staying at an inn, someone poisons Alabaster, basically because someone... It, you never really find out why, but it's probably because they just they were like, ooh, they, those people are staying at the inn. Let's get rid of them. And then they spent an exorbitant amount of time explaining that, and it's like he, he gave him botulism, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just... It was probably a improperly sealed so can of is, peaches. Like, you know, they people knew that this this particular can prop can of whatever was off, but they gave it to us anyway in the soup. Anyway, so cyanide has to go out and actually like the next day and actually try and clear the harbor of the coral that's built up so that ships can't get in. And that she has to cl- she tried to clear it, and she's like, "Huh, that's funny. It feels weird. There's like something." underneath all the coral. I think that's the problem. So she uses her power on it, and it's actually an obelisk. Oh, we forgot to mention those. They don't mention them much before this. I think this is the first time. No, uh, you know they existed in the world. There are but it's passing a, it's... references. So she tries to move it out of the way because she doesn't know anything about it. She's like, I'm going to move this out of the way so that the you know harbor can get cleared. But instead, it basically like comes to life. And because is this there are where a... it turns into a volcano? No, it's just sort no, of no. like it, it turns. Basically, the obelisks are these big floating crystals that just float around the sky like weird blimps that no one knows what they're for, and they can't get to them because blimps aren't a thing in this world. And then she finds one underneath, and it yeah. floats away up into the sky. But it's like a damaged one. It's like a it's like a refurbished obelisk. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's, it's almost as good. Almost, but they they float around. Still and they got just, a warranty. They it's kind of full yeah. warranty. They kind of accept that they're there and that they're probably from some, what they call a dead sieve, which I, I guess is um, what will be explored later to reveal that this is actually Earth. Uh, the remnants of previous civilizations who didn't make it through that fifth season. The uh, the season of uh, having uh, underwear that ride up a lot and give you like a sort of wedgie, but you're in a very public place and you can't pick it out. Uh, that was yeah. like one of those kind of seasons. <laughs> it wiped, it wiped people out in mass. It was an ass. Mm. <laughs> very pretty. That one wasn't that long, but it, it felt it. It was very the season of just chafing butt cheeks. So after Cyanite lifts the obelisk and activates it, and that's like she's basically uncovered a secret that she's not supposed to know about. Uh, the uh, fulcrums they 
basically the fulcrum, they send guardians and the guardians tr- are there basically to kill cyanide and alabaster so that they don't accidentally tell anybody about the secret, which apparently everybody else knew already. Alabaster is like, you're not going to kill us, you fucking piece of shit. And then taps the power inside the, he's also a very, very powerful wizard, but he taps the power inside the obelisk and literally turn makes a giant volcano and they, and they basically like, yeah, totally melt and blow up the city. Fucking Pompeii's their asses. (laughs) And Cyanite doesn't really understand what's happening, but then they end up, and then, you know, the next basically chapter, uh, she wakes up and she's literally on an island way out at sea. I didn't quite like pick up like how that happened. I guess they must have like drifted uh, away and or no, uh, floated and, away. Antimony brought them. Oh right, yes. That the, Antimony the, is uh, the stone. alabaster's stone eater friend. The stone eaters can move through the stone like air. They just kind of float in and out like a weird. That's just what they do. Uh, and so it. Uh, I don't think they have genders. I don't know. It brought them through the earth. And pop them out on an island because in this world, no one likes to be on islands because they're very dangerous because there's constant earthquakes and tsunamis. So it's no one's going to come and get them there theoretically. Well, I mean, if there was if if it was a male a male stone eater, it probably would have been set a mantery rock. What? What? <laughs> it's a stone eater. A male one would have been a set a mantery rock, not a igneous or. Nate oh, smirked. God. Nate got that dead joke. I got it, yeah. <laughs> I heard, I kept hearing, I thought you were saying manta ray. I was like, I don't understand. No, there's actually very little aquatic life. Though actually, there's tons. They just eat nothing but fish and just must have fucking horrible gas. This next section of the book, where all they're eating is seafood for the first time in their life, it must have been a rough transition. Yeah. To, to, no, they cook it. They were, they were Not they, enough roughage. They were floundering, but they made it. I mean, it's not nearly as bad as the... The season of constantly forgetting your password to things. <laughs> that was a bad one. That was really rough for the season of never being able to find the end of the scotch tape. <laughs> that was frustrating as fuck. Like, oh, God, these papers ripped again. How can I solve this? I can't. <laughs> so... Uh, cyanide and alabaster they end up on this island way out at sea where they can't they can't like grow things because it's just a rocky island but they can do a lot of fishing and they're pirates so they wake up on the island but we also it, it bounces around between all three uh, yeah, different, all of this. different peoples and oh, they're yeah. all like different things happen and, and what the fuck is the kid doing at this point she's going she, through she, she, the, know, the most important thing school. is that the last thing that matters is that She's hanging around there. She, you know, get is is being really good at. You know, she's a straight A student or whatever. She's wandering around in all the abandoned areas of the fulcrum, and then she meets like Binoff. Binoff. I was gonna say Bonhoff, or I could. It's just I think it's train station in German, but I couldn't remember. It's like <laughs> Bonhoff, Binoff, whatever. Who is not a witch person? She is just a. She's of the leader class. Because everybody's name is basically their job, and there's like a dozen types of jobs. You could be uh, basically a laborer, uh, a leader, Strong back, yeah, a a lead, and then like your last name is of Eumenes or Eumenes or whatever the fuck it is. Eumenes, Eumenes, yeah, they're very Greek. Yeah, Yemen, 
Yemen. They're in Yemen. This whole thing takes oh, place in Yemen. Oh, shit. That makes... That's why it's so desolate. Um, <laughs> but she's like, I, I'm, there's something weird here, and I want to find it, and we're going to be... We're going to go on an adventure, and they kind of... She kind of, like, tricks, and they, they trick each other, essentially, into going on this adventure to find the thing... The secret the, that no one the, knows what the secret is. And, and, and uh, Benoff is like, it's a secret only the leaders know. I can't tell you. But there's something in the middle here that none of the maps show, but it must exist because of the way the buildings are. And they get there very quickly by, you know, foiling the very, very weak system they had used to hide it. And they find it's just a giant pit that's the shape of an obelisk. In the, oh. oh, fucking, who's, who could have guessed? I mean, what, could, what else could it have been? You know, not that I, I mean, this book was not easy to guess. But at this point, I was like, I bet this has something to do with those obelisks. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to be like, it's a sweatshop where the kids are making dildos. Like, what could have been, <laughs> what could have been the big secret thing in the middle? It's a fuck. They just film snuff films here. Like, what could, so they find it, but of course, could have been the Statue of Liberty just, you know, half buried. It was Jimmy Hoffa's body. <laughs> <laughs> It was the real killers of OJ's wife. <laughs> um, so they they go there and then they get caught instantly, and they don't really get in trouble. But like one of the guardians goes crazy, and another and then like Shafa kills that guardian because she just keeps like muttering like she's clearly not herself. She's been like possessed by whatever they she saw in that room, and Shafa kills her. And then we kind of really don't ever find out any more about that in this book. Um, but he's not yeah. mad. He's not mad at her, really. He's like, did you, were you able Shaffa's to do... Shafa's never mad. Well, he's never mad, but like she could, but his, like he, when he's, when he's vengeful. Like yes. He, but he's not. He's like... He gets shit done. But he's like, you need to go past that goddamn ring test and, and don't make me look bad because you could be special or whatever because you, you know, spoke to the, the obelisk people in that room, potentially. And then that's kind of... The and then end. she says, I've chosen a rock name for myself. Yes, Demaya changes her name. She's like, I want to be Brianna. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that one's taken. That's not even a rock. Like, I wanna, it isn't? I wanna and be, she says, I want to be Pebble. I want to be, be named Cyanite. And then you're like, oh, Cyanite and Demaya are the same person, just Cyanite is older. And, hmm, and if you're reading... Yeah, you were like, and I bet... That because like so this whole time I thought this was actually a really clever way to build the world um, without making it seem uh, didactic, right? By having these three different people who are all you know erogenies or whatever, but at different points in their erogenous career, and they are <laughs> <laughs> like one has an OnlyFans, but they're in there, um, you know, like one's just being introduced. One is kind of like a journeyman, and the other one is like kind of a master. Uh, to have their stories and get different parts of it, it you like you learned about the world in a way that didn't feel like she was spoon feeding it to you, and it didn't feel super boring like a Tolkien book where it's just like, and here's twenty seven pages of lore. You don't just go to wizard class and then you use that spell to defeat the villain. That book, I thought it was really a good way of of. Um, I mean, I thought it served a lot of different purposes in the book, but I liked, I really liked that it, it was interesting to learn about this world, and I, it, it, for me at least, it never felt 
uh, boring or forced. Never felt like you were just getting the background info dumped on you. Yeah. Just like, oh, and by the way, you need to know all this stuff. Because it fit with their stories and where they were. I thought it was really brilliantly. There were no long exposition chunks. It was almost, I mean, there were, but you didn't Hard to deal with, like, hard to understand at times until you get, like, halfway through, you suddenly suddenly kind of figure out how things work. But for a while in the beginning, it's it's hard to follow. Especially the very beginning. Yeah. So uh, That's true for any fantasy book, but... So, meanwhile, in other point of view chapters, you get back to Essen, and she has reached this weird town called a calm called... Castrima, where they actually don't hate origins. They actually need them because there's all of this. They live completely underground and they like mostly eat mushrooms, I guess. But, uh, and they, there's all of this really like machinery that no one knows how to use or how to, how to do it. And they show up and Essen and the weird kid and Tonky show up and they're like, okay, we're, I guess we're going to live here now. And then they casually mention Tonky's penis. <laughs> yeah. Just it's, it's several times like Tonky, Tonky's dong falls out and everyone's just like, she's got a penis. All right. That's cool. It's the future. <laughs> we're very progressive. <laughs> Let me just move on. So there's that. So they're, they're at this new spot where, where people, where this one calm is gathering people in that could be useful you know, during this new fifth season, because they're going to need to need people who have skills to survive. And so, and then there was some, the doctor from Essence for old hometown is there and tells her a little bit about what, you know, what it was like. And that they're just tiny, because he was also became a refugee after Essen destroyed the whole town and killed a whole bunch of people. And so Essen is there. And then you switch back to, you, sp- you switch back to Sinite, where at this point, it's where she has actually had a baby because she basically got pregnant just with Alabaster, just as, just before they do the thing and blow up the world and not blow up the whole world, but blow up the town and then get moved to this island. So when she gets there, she's like, oh, um, yeah, I'm pregnant. So she has the baby. But also the the leader of the whole island named Inan, he's basically the pirate captain, and definitely the coolest dude on the whole island. But he's also bi, because he's interested in both yeah, they spend, Alabaster They spend the next section in a Sinite. bisexual thruple. <laughs> yeah. Happens. Going to Pound Town every day. It's like that section of your, of your silverware drawer for spoons. You know, just <laughs> a whole bunch of them lined up. And so this is like two years later, sort of like the, the time she, her, her sections jump in time by a couple of years. And she's like, you know what? I'm bored here. I don't want to just be a mom. I want to actually like do stuff. Because this is an island where origins are accepted. Yeah. And Alabaster is like, I'll just take care of the kid. And I, I love it here. I fucking hated the fulcrum and, and everything about it. And she hated it too, but... Just she doesn't have quite the deep, seething hatred that Alabaster does. Anyway, so she says, let me go out on your next pirate voyage where they were, uh, I can help. And Inan is like, no. And she's like, please. And she's like, okay, sure. So she goes out and they're attacking these 
two ships, one of which is like a sort of like a cargo ship. And these are sailing ships. This is, you know, even though it's, you know, sort of the future-ish maybe. They're caravels. Yeah. Um, they're attacking it and she's using her uh, magic ability to just sort of do some like very subtle stuff like cool the water and create fog so that the armed ship doesn't notice them when they try and like take over the cargo ship. But it does, and then in sort of desperation, Cyanite basically sinks, has to sink both ships. So she, she like hurts one of them by using, by like spearing one of them with some stone that she lifted up from the bottom of the sea. And then in and says, now they know that a powerful origin is, origin is here, like it's on our ship, like on our island. So we can't let them go back to the mainland and tell everybody. So you've got to sink the ship and kill all those people. And so she does. And she doesn't feel great about it. And then they sail. And then she says, sail us over to whatever the city called. The city. So like sail us over to the city where there's basically a giant volcano now. I just want to see it. And so she gets there. And so she's like still out at sea, but far enough away that... but. She can close enough that she can see over in the distance where the volcano is, and she uses her now quite considerable magic powers to, like, quell the volcano and stop it. But then she notices out on the sort of, very far away, out on the shore, people in the sort of, what were they, purple uniforms? Burgundy. Burgundy uniforms. That's almost purple. No, not really. Uh, burgundy <laughs> uniforms of the Guardians. You could have been worse. You could have been further. And so, and then she realizes that, oh, they're watching. The, fulc- the, the fulcrum, the Guardians, they, they know about us. And so she now, she, and then sort of, you know, next chapter, the island gets attacked. Uh, the island gets attacked. Like these ships come in that clearly have guardians on them because their magic isn't working on them. And they have a cannon because cannons are a thing. This is kind of like the first time it's mentioned. They were a new attacked. thing. They're like, there's this new fangled thing called the, is, is it canyon? Is it canon? <laughs> it's new. Canon. Maybe it's a French word. <laughs> and then they use it and they go, oh, God damn it. These things suck. We don't know what we could do about them. And when Alabaster sees them coming, he goes nuts and puts and uses his very considerable powers to put a rock wall to construct literally a giant, like many hundreds of foot rock wall around the island. But that doesn't really work there because the Guardians have also origins on their ships that can break it down. So then there's this battle and then Alabaster gets basically attacked by a stone eater and gets literally sucked into the stone, into into the cliff. He doesn't and get so, attacked. He gets forcibly saved. Well, okay. So he gets. Uh, that's not Is clear. That, that's not clear here moment. because it's like it's not clear in the eaten. moment. He gets oh, yeah. eaten by a mountain. Yeah. So at the mo- at the moment, Cyanite says thinks that he's dead. But the one the last thing he says before he is before he gets killed or taken away is. Don't let them have our son. Whose name He'll is be Conundrum tw- or something. Cor- Corundum? Corundum. Or something like that is what it's called. Corundum. Like Which is another stone, of course. Don't let them have him. He will either be, like, you know, be, you know, used as a tool by the, by the fulcrum or they will lobotomize him. You can't let that happen. So she takes... So anyway, 
she takes him and she she's she gets on the pirate ship because the pirate ship is going to go out and try and attack and defend themselves but they get essentially taken over by the by the guardians and then there's this uh, uh, almost very last scene her very last scene is she's in the she's below decks in the ship with her with her you know two year old son and the guardians are come down and they kill because they've taken over the whole ship they kill Inan and then one they she sees that the guardian there is is Shafa and he's like oh he, they oh, turn in on into meat pudding like the, you yeah, finally they, they, they like it's like a fatality from Mortal Kombat like he just puts his hands on the guy's head and he explodes and, and it's like there's a Put a puddle of him because Inan was also an origin, he was an untrained one. And the guardians basically, this some guardians have they have varying degrees of power. Some of them can make all the origins around them useless, some of them like they do special things when you touch them. And Shafa can, like, or whoever was with Shafa, the other crazier guy, shirtless Larry, Larry. I don't know what his shirtless Larry can, uh. Basically, take the origin's power and turn it inwards, so they use all their magic, but on their own bodies. So he just explodes. So I have two things. That one, did you know that uh, Mortal Kombat the the game was based on a church song? It's a Finnish hymn. <laughs> 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 oh, and secondly, I have a beer for that. Nailed it. <laughs> That one's almost as bad as like the eight, the season of there only being gluten free pizza available. Um, <laughs> oh, waste my fucking time. <laughs> but when they kill him, I would call that a brain squeeze, wouldn't you? <laughs> when the I guy would. puts his hands on his head and turns him into a puddle of mangello. Uh, so this beer, I think this is new for us, or maybe one of the only the second or third. It's from Drecker Brewing Company, which is in Fargo, North Dakota. It's called Brain Squeeze. It's a smoothie sour with blackberry and cucumber, which I'm a little, a little, I don't know what to think about that. So let's see. That somehow works. <laughs> Magic. I've had a cucumber beer and it's not good. That was. We all had that one. That's, that's way better than a cucumber. It, it's, it's somehow, you know what I think? I think what I think it is, like, especially these fruit smoothie. Uh, sours, which are like almost a puree, that much blackberry—that's a—it's an intense flavor, and the cucumber so light, kind of cuts it. It's really—it's really, it's really nice. Sense. It's only five point two percent alcohol, though. I did read somewhere recently that a lot of uh, that—not a lot, but some breweries that make these kind of you know super slushy smoothie sours—they're incredibly inaccurate on calculating the ABV. So a brewery that because I, of the smoothie consistency, or because or? they're just using like formula that are like, oh well, if you put this much sugar, then it must be this much alcohol. But clearly, it's not getting fermented because it's so sweet that when you mm. take them and and do the pain in the ass testing to check their alcohol content, some of these breweries that are saying like this is an eight and a half percent, you know, fruit smoothie sour, it's like two percent alcohol. <laughs> like they're not even close. That low? Yeah, like two and a half percent. Uh, one get, they're counting all the sugar in the fruit, but it doesn't get yeasted. Exactly. Okay. Huh. This one, I mean, this is only listed at 5.2, so it's probably fine. Could it, it be measured better with the fancy equipment that no one has? Or is it just oh, absolutely. can't be done? If you oh, have just... good lab equipment, you could certainly figure out the alcohol in there, but that's a pain in the dick to do. I don't even exactly know how you do it. Like, I think you have to, like, 
boil or burn some off and then kind of like distill it essentially. Test, test the vapors? Something like that. It's a very serious inconvenience that most breweries are not equipped to deal with. I'm trying to think of but more you know seasons. What we're equipped for. We are equipped for several things. Uh, if you want to, this beer, this specific one, actually, by. Uh, actually, yeah, we are equipped by uh, our supporters over at Patreon. So if you want to help the podcast out, you can head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club, where you could um, give us money. <laughs> we will use that to purchase beers and hosting and such. Uh, and in exchange for that, you will get early access to episodes, vote in our monthly book poll, get shouted out on select episodes, get tangible goods, exclusive content, um, and and uh, and the shortcut to our ear. Uh, so if you want to do that over there, but if if that's not your speed, you could also just help the podcast out by leaving a review or just telling someone to go check it out. We'd appreciate any and all of those. None of them, I mean, giving money, that's one thing, but none of them sound like a big pain in the ass, like dealing with the uh, um, the season of... Uh, having to wait for your entire party to arrive so you could be seated. That was a really... <laughs> I've been trying to think of stupid God, that things. That was awful. That was, that's a really... It's like, and it's your fucking late friends always. <laughs> or the season of driving behind someone who never turns off their turn signal so you, <laughs> you never know where they're going. The season of feeling like you need to sneeze, <laughs> but you can't. You're just like, huh? Huh? And it's a stare, but you, it's, it doesn't... That was that was like two hundred years. That one, a lot of lot, killed a lot of good year. people died that time. Um, the season of when your sock slips down under your heel inside your shoe, and and it, that's just it's a minor one, but but when it lasts for seven hundred years, better socks. I mean these these this is those are serious things. The season of low water pressure in the shower. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I mean the temperature's fine. But it's just, it's just like kind of, it just drizzles on you. <laughs> Speaking like, of low pressure, <laughs> Cyanide is surrounded by guardians with only her two-year-old son. This is a real conundrum, actually. How does she get yeah. out of this? She gets off of the, out of this. Well, because Alabaster said, like, don't, was like, don't let them take him, or something like that. And then so Inan said, do whatever you have to do, essentially, before he got exploded. So she explodes everything. And she well, she smothers the child, right? Yes, and just blows up the boat to kill everyone else on it too. So I wasn't clear her because the kid they had was like incredibly powerful wizard boy. I mean, it might was be. it him that exploded things? Was it her? I don't really know. Well, no, it was also her. The thing, there's also the thing that we skipped over where Alabaster kept like grabbing her and using her power to like amplify his. To put him in like in series, like a, like <laughs> a battery. Yeah, right. Put, she put them in series instead of <laughs> yeah. parallel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She he daisy chained it. Um, <laughs> so maybe the kid helps. We don't know, but basically she blew everything up, kills the kid, and kills everyone else. Maybe she didn't kill everyone else. There's two more books. Maybe oh, Shaffa lives. Who knows? Spo- spoiler. But she definitely kills the kid. Maybe. Fuck. I guess it's possible that she didn't, but she probably did. Now, the kid's dead because, I think, at least in this book, we were led to believe Fuck, he's dead. Knows? Because the right before we find this out, the last the chapter before it with Essen's perspective is Alabaster shows up at Geode City, USA, where they're hiding out. And, it's like a Mega Man and, level. And just like, yeah. It's <laughs> a rock Gotta man. Gotta fight Geode Man. 
they're hanging out in Howl Caverns and they're just looking at. Have you ever been to Howl Caverns? I've seen New York. Uh, I've heard of it. It's, it's it's a cave. Like if you've been to one cave, like Carlsbad Caverns. That's a national. That's a state park. Uh, a national park, rather. Anyway, uh, Hoa is like, there's a guy here to see you, and she's like, I'm busy. <laughs> I don't know what she says, but it's 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 alabaster, and he's like, you owe me for fucking corundum grundle whatever the kid's name is so they they at least both believe the kid is dead and it of course is at that point revealed that essen is also the same person yeah but you figured if you didn't figure that out like yeah you kind of do do, you're as dumb as rock you're confirmed (laughs) at that point that they're all the same person i mean the three stages the moment that you were like oh fuck these two are the same if you didn't think i wonder about that other one like you really (laughs) that one who's slightly older yeah (laughs) you didn't think very much no but what is also revealed is that Tonky is been off. Who's been keeping the tabs child. the whole time. She's been off the grid. God damn you. <laughs> damn it. And Benoff was a boy the whole time uh, with that, just tucking it back. And even, you know, so she's, she's a trans person in the future dust world. And everyone just ignores that part, and they're like, well, why were you following me? And flashing your dick all the time. Like, why did that have to happen? And Benoff's like, I didn't mean to, but, like, I just knew I needed to... loose-fitting skirt. I needed to figure out what was happening with the fucking the mystery thing, and then she got... He... She, uh, she got kicked out of being, a, like, you know, a leader and sent to just go to uh, geographer school, a geologist school... Geo- Geomestrier school. Yeah, geometry. I think. Geometry, that's the word, yeah. And uh, which is like basically being a plumber. Sl- it's like it's like being a bus driver in this world. Like everyone looks like, oh, what a failure, which is really not right because they do important work. And <laughs> but she's like a she's like a scientist slash medicine shaman slash historian of sorts. She's also just been hiding, lurking around, learning stuff and picking up details along the way. So, But then they find each other and, and Hoa finally reveals like, oh yeah, I am a rock person. Uh, I evolve. When you give Machamp the rock stone, he turns into one of me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it was Geo Graveler. Graveler. Gra- yeah, uh, Graveler turns into Golem. And Golem turns into Hoa, is what happens. Actually, there. Graveler has a bar mitzvah, because <laughs> Golems are Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> and he's like, I just, I just liked you, so I helped you. And it's also revealed that Hoa knows... Essen, because back in the day when Cyanite found that obelisk, there was a stone eater inside of it, and that stone eater was Hoa. So every person in this book was someone else in this book. Yeah, that was. There's only like two characters. And Alabaster at the end of the book gets turned into like Darth Vader, or like right before Anakin Skywalker at the end of episode three. He's got no limbs, and he's just like a stumpy rock thing. And then he ends, and he, I forget what he's like. Hey, have you? He heard? has a big ending that uh, that Nate really has been. So he has. So first, it's oh, yeah. it's revealed that where Essen talks to him and says, you know, well, first you broke the world. You're the one that started the fifth season, and he's like, yep. 
And also he says, and I understand why you had to kill our child, but I'll never forgive you, even though I basically told you to do it. But I will never forgive you. And then says, in Albester then says, have you learned how to do it yet? And she's like, um, what? Have you learned how to do it yet? He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And and he says, uh, well, because Alabaster is like, he's clearly almost dead because he's like mostly stone and has no limbs left. And yeah, I, we got to talk about how that how that worked. <laughs> and then and then says the with his and then his final line says, "Have you ever heard of something called a moon?" Period. The end. Or question mark. The end. So I have a beer for that. <laughs> uh, I actually got this beer before I reread the book, but I had read the whole series, and I'm like, I know it has to do with the moon. And so this beer is called To the Moon, DDH Nipa, Juicy Hazy Tropical by Ross Brewing Company, which I think is a new one for us. It is 8% alcohol. And yeah, it's nice. I've been drinking it this whole time. <laughs> that might be like a... At the buzzer, beer connection for us. Like the final word of a book. A buzzer beater. Final word, yes. As opposed indeed. to the meat beaters we usually have. <laughs> that, that joke was almost as terrible as the age of the TV remote always being low in battery. So you have to hit the buttons yeah, really, really season. hard. <laughs> like oh, the season, yeah. Or the season of... Waking up like three minutes before your alarm clock was supposed to go <laughs> off. So it's not enough time to go back to sleep. <laughs> okay, I think so. I'll think of some more. Uh, On a Saturday. <laughs> the, the, mm. the, eight, the season of being just outside of the range of the good Chinese food delivery. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even joke about that kind of thing, man. Uh, oh, for subpar shit. The age of having only like large AC adapters to plug in, and they don't fit on the surge protector. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, all right, guys. So I had already read it before, and Jimmy had already read it before. So uh, Mike, what did you think? It was certainly better than the age of this. <laughs> <laughs> The, the age of having a lot of peanut butter, but not enough jelly for one sandwich. The, the age of not getting your package because no one was there to sign for it. <laughs> but you were there. But you didn't, didn't they didn't ring the bell. <laughs> the age of running out of shampoo and just having conditioner. Um, so I actually really... You masturbate with both. I mean, they, we grease up. The conditioner might be better for that. The age of all of your videos buffering. Uh <laughs> Uh, so I, I actually really like the book. Uh, I have a lot of questions about things I want to talk to you guys about. But overall, I thought it was a really cool book, and I want to, I'm looking forward to reading the other ones. I thought, as I already said, I thought the way it explained the I thought the world was creative. You know, like the magic stuff made enough sense. You know, as much as magic can make sense, and was revealed in a way that made it suspenseful and interesting, and not feeling like a history class like a lot of other fantasy books do. And also not being bewilderingly lost, like if we're reading fucking Foundation or something like that, you know, where we, you had no idea what was going on. Like this was, this was really done well. So I really did like it. I thought it was great. I mean, it's the only series where all three books won the Hugo Award. Three years in a row. Yeah. So it's, it's the only time, I mean, I think it's the only time a black woman won the Hugo Award, period. And and it's the only time that any Octavia Butler ever won. 
Maybe, maybe she did, but it's that's the only other possibility. So if it's not, she's maybe the second then. Uh, but then I don't know. The, I don't know the Hugo uh, trivia that well. But it's certainly the only one where the author won three years in a row and for the same series, like um, uh, Ender's Game and Speaker for the Dead, which is the sequel. That won two years in a row, which was crazy enough. This did that and and one more. And I, you know, if the other ones are this good, I think it's probably well Imagine deserved. Imagine how pissed off he was. I thought that was like a unbreakable. Ty Cobb kind of record there. What the fuck? And he lost to someone he probably doesn't care strongly for. It's not her <laughs> fault that she carries the sin of her ancestors in her skin. <laughs> he is a Mormon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, yeah. He or is. But she put these out one year apart, which I imagine means that she had written them all at least largely before. Certainly she figured like, it out. And yeah. then took some time and wrote the next one. They had to have all been pretty intricately put together. I don't know. I, did you read all three of them, Jimmy? Just this one. This is my only one. So Nate can answer if they're all as good, but I would. It must be the case. She must have at least thought through the rest of the series and have you know she wrote the first one and was shopping it around and probably already writing the second and or third. The second one is also really good. The third one uh, is good. There's one thing about it that kind of annoyed me about how it kind of finished everything up, how the book is written, not like exactly the story, but I did like it. I thought, I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was cleverly constructed in terms of like how it was written with the different, the, the different, um, different points of view. And it's actually all the same person. And also the use of second person for one of them. And that should be really weird, but I thought it totally worked. I thought it was great. I think that was another tool to kind of disorient a little bit so you wouldn't know that the characters were the mm-hmm. same person. It, it yeah. would distinguish their sections a little bit more. Yeah. yeah Which was successful, if that was the goal. Because I certainly... Did, I mean, I was trying to think, like, when are they all going to meet? And I did have the fleeting idea maybe it's the same person, but I was like, I don't... But they all have different names. <laughs> and I just moved on, like... <laughs> You know, because I'm dumb. <laughs> I didn't see through that. I thought creating magic out of geology was very creative. Well, I thought that was an interesting, interesting new take. You know, I, I can't say I'm super well read in fantasy, but I've read some things. And I th- anyway, I thought it was interesting. In there there must be a class of fucking D and D characters of geomancers. Geomancers are a thing, yeah. But you all know that these are like orthomancers, so they like realign your. They're like chiropractors. They like fix your spine. Yeah, <laughs> they like set, they like relocate your shoulder. Accidentally, <laughs> orthopedic mancers. Your neck, so you die. Orthopedomancers. <laughs> just like oh, uh, yeah, we're gonna need to do three weeks of therapy for that ankle, <laughs> but with magic. Um, I also, I was also engaged. I interested in the story itself. Just yeah, uh, it definitely was. Very confusing in the beginning, which yeah. you just have to like sort of push through and just kind of keep reading. But it didn't take too long before you started to have some clue and then was interested in order to learn more rather than just being totally clueless. A, uh, I was thinking while we were talking to a fantasy book or a fantasy series that's even more confusing than this is... Malazan Book of the Fallen, which is book one of the whole Malazan series. 
I've started that multiple times and haven't gotten very far because I just have no idea. So that that one's worse, but this is still pretty confusing. Whereas, you know, Harry Potter, being a young adult, and it, it definitely explains things. It's not nearly as confusing as this, even though it takes time to explain magic. It's just better. I mean, it's just not as confusing as it's meant to be. Because, you know, because f- fifth graders couldn't handle that. Well, in Harry Potter, the magic is whatever you want it to be. I, th- I think the magic in this is very specific or like not limited, but it has a, has like, it does this one thing and that's what it does. Well, it, it is, is an example like of a t- hard magic system where rocks. a hard magic system is not because it's not just about rocks. <laughs> it's a, it's a system where there, there are specific rules about how yeah. it's supposed to go where like, you know, you d- use this to do that. And it's like, it, which it, uh, I guess is not the most hard of hard magic systems. Whereas the soft magic system is, it's never explained and magic just happens, which is really like Magic Gandalf, is the reason. Which is like Gandalf is just like, I'm just going to like do this thing and you shall not pass. And then it's never explained how he does it or how he does the magic. He just like does the magic. Anyway, that's the difference. I think that whatever we classify that hard magic, uh, flaccid magic, the idea of the magic system having limits is the only way to make it not... Uh, not limits, rules. Well, fine. But you know what I mean when I say limits. I mean, like, the magic can only do these things. It can't do this or that. It can't mm-hmm. make a unicorn. No, but you can make it drink. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, like, you, the magic has limitations on what it could do. It can only be used in certain circumstances or for certain things. Therefore, it's not just a very convenient Plot yeah, device. Deus Ex Machina thing. It's like, oh, we need magic in this. How do I get out of the oh the character? Uh, how do I write myself out of this corner? Oh, I know magic. By ha- like, and Gandalf comes back as Gandalf the White. How did he do that? No fucking idea. I mean, the the, the cut chapters of that when he came back as Gandalf the White supremacist were very upsetting. <laughs> when he was like, "You mud bloods, <laughs> 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 you you have tainted the blood of my people." Just chased him out with burning crosses. It was really, I don't know, Tolkien was into some stuff. But it keeps it from just being, I mean, Harry Potter does this. Harry Potter does that, where it's like, here's a magic to just get out of this thing. You know, like, oh, it's love is the special magic, Harry. The the love between a man and a boy. (laughs) Like Dumbledore just randomly explains like what Dumbledore why did that happen why did I not get killed by the far far superior wizard why did he not just kill me it's like oh because of other magic that no one really knows about and it it works a little bit but when you think about it even in Harry Potter the magic kind of kind of feels lame you know I feel like we talked about this on those Harry Potter episodes but here I thought it was not I thought it was just done great would you say the magic is more grounded oh <sighs> Yes, yes, I would. <laughs> I would just, I just think that like it's it's laid out very logically, like built up layer by layer, like in a sedimentary process that the magic uh, lay, yeah. works as opposed to metamorphizing to fit other <laughs> uh, other scenarios and uh, igneous. So the <laughs> the question I have, so maybe I'm just like trained to look at this now because it's 2021 and we're reading books that were written recently but it's a black female author 
And she does describe the majority of the characters are dark-skinned characters. They have, and they, there's a lot of attention given to the texture of their hair and the color of their skin. Like, it gets mentioned enough that it's, you know, there's no mystery. Like, these are what we would think of as black people in these characters, right? Also, Demaya slash Cyanide slash Essen is from a... Uh, even e- She's from the... Well, the strong backs, which are more or less like the slave laborers of the, you know, of the strong backs the guards. Also, guard. Well, no, they were the laborers, weren't they? And they were the big tough people. By having this magic power, but which should make her cooler than everybody else. Instead, she's you know thought of as subhuman also, from everybody the, else. The That's guardians also, are all really white. <laughs> yeah. And the and slur fact, for it's it's only like two letters too off. far away. <laughs> it is it is a poor cipher for a different slur word. Yes. So while she, while the book isn't technically about race, or more like even though okay, it's not about race the way um, the Invisible Man is about race, or yeah. you well, know, Invisible Man. The invis <laughs> the Invisible Man is not about race either. Just Invisible <laughs> Man is true. about race. Yes, <laughs> unless. The clear-skinned people are a different race. So it's not about race in that way, but it is both from a black author and from a... And does and does have race in it, I guess you could say. Right. So yeah. so my question it, is... It's, as, it's as not reading, beloved. Are, are we supposed to just be like... I mean, I'm perfectly willing to read the book, and like, that's a detail. It doesn't... I don't need to think more on it. But is there more to process there? Right? There's also just like a whole host of modern social things in there, right? Like the trans person uh, in Tonki, the bisexual thruple, um, the, all, all these other things that are, which are you know, kind of more modern ideas. You certainly don't find these in older fantasy books. And that way it feels like more of a, um, I don't want to say progressive, but it, it just feels like there are uh, modern sentiments in here, are they just here because it's convenient for the plot, or are we supposed to think something about them? Are we supposed to take some sort of message about them? Because in this book, the dark-skinned wizard people are mistreated and basically enslaved. I mean, well, they, they've used the not, word slave. Not every origin is black. But the ones in the story are. The ones we well, fought, the, the ones one. we Al- talk Alabaster about. Alabaster and he's Cyanide black. It's are. he's ironically yeah. named. Yeah, but that's why they named it that. It was like a joke or a racist joke. But all the, a lot of the other ones, they never mentioned what race they are. Yeah, but like we don't even mention their fucking name. I mean, they didn't talk about what color crack was. But it doesn't. Well, okay, so, so sort of spoilers for book two, and I guess I'm kind of maybe it has been two or three years since I read it, but. There is a little bit about this, because I saw this once uh, 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 described as post-apocalyptic fiction, and at first I was like, wait, what? Because I always think of the road when I think kind of that. Of it away. Yeah. I was like, but, so this could be actually future Earth, where humans, like, com- where, where the human race totally fucked everything up. Um, and, but the, and then... So 2048. <laughs> <laughs> we evolved magic or, or 2023 you never know but um we're in this future but essentially because the continents emerged maybe i'm making this up now but i'm just when the continents emerged and everybody's living 
more or less, you know, mix. The races have mixed, and therefore people are not that many people are just one color. People are like, oh, and, and she would describe people as, you know, a middle skin color kind of thing. Everyone's Brazilian. Everyone's kind of mixed. Well, that's not true. In Brazil, the they part. have like a credible diver- like they do, range, I mean, like, and, and they, there are like a... all sorts of words for like different this oh, yeah. color have, skin, this type of hair, right? They, uh, you know, with, you know the kind of words that would have made a uh, an old school segregationist blush, like a <laughs> word, like oh, there's a word for that for a yeah. person who's you know looks white but has a little bit of black hair like oh that'd be very useful like they have words like that in brazil that's that are a very useful insult to throw oh in man i i knew I, I could i could think of three of them right now <laughs> i think that would be it. so i see what you're everything, saying everything so it seems like it's a totally different world and it and it is but they were they ride horses and i noticed they mentioned penicillin once did they? I mean, I it was that. literally in there one time. I was like, oh, and then, oh, and then we don't have, you know, we don't have the money or whatever, or we don't have the resources for penicillin. It was like, huh, that's a weird little detail. And also in Kastrima, there's all this machinery. There's all this like ancient, but there's like ancient, but yet advanced machinery just like lying around that nobody knows how to use. So it's almost like it's a future earth. But yet, it's also not very clear either. Well, I imagine some of those questions will be answered in the second and third books, which we'll do at some yes. point. And then the other question that you have to go for looking at all these like lenses of identity that sound like I'm in a fucking college class. All the the character is female, but they're all you know the three characters that we observe female in like different parts of their lives, and like none of them have power uh, over their own fucking lives. It seems. Uh, men have taken things from them. Like, is there some sort of feminist thing in your feminist message in here? And I'm not saying feminist, like, you know, the caricature sense, but like feminist literature. Like, is there like, a, I mean, there's a fucking handmaid's tale plot line in this. Yeah. I'm sure there is. Yeah, there is. So are we supposed to just read that and be like, Oh, the future is strange. You know, that world is dwarves and magic. Like, like I do with any other fantasy book. Or am I supposed to, like, what's the message, you know? Well, we don't know yet. The story's only a third done. I suppose, because there, it does leave a lot of things up, up in the air, right? It never really addresses what happens. Like this fucking moon. Well, what the fuck that means? I mean, I guess... I assume he's going to crash the moon into the earth, but we'll see. But we also get no t- we get no um, resolution with the daughter, who I f- totally forget what her name was, the husband who ran away with the daughter. The second Nes- book. Nestle, or something like that is her name. Someone in the, the end. The second book is a lot about her, the daughter. And the and the, and, and the husband, and we get still a very little explanation of what the fuck a stone eater is, you know. And we have no explanation of the obelisks. So there's a lot of things, you know, both deep world things like what, what's you know the source of all this magic and shit, and what's the fulcrum hiding. And then there's the individual characters' plots. It set up a lot of questions and no so it, it resolves a, a like character arc well, but it still leaves a lot of. Explanations unexplained. I'll, I'll tell you. I'm going to read the next one. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Me too. So For sure. We should do it relatively soon because I'll forget all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a problem we have. I could. I, I don't need to remember Divergent. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Sadly, I, I'll remember that a lot easier because it was so dumb. That's true. Well, in the meantime, why don't you tell, tell us? Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. 
or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you want to support the podcast, just leave us a review. Head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club or just tell someone to check it out. You should leave us uh, five stars, one for every season. And be our friend in Goodreads, where we read things like this book, but also other books, and sometimes even more other books. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.